All right, coming back on the air, you're listening to Praxis. Uh, This is your host, Taylor. I was just on in the first half with Sandy Williams of Black Lens News. Now I am joined live by phone by Sharika Carter. She is the campaign manager with Washington Fairness, uh, also known on your ballot as Referendum 88 and I-1000. Sharika, can you hear me okay? Yes. Hi, Taylor. Hi. Thanks so much for making time to talk with me. do you want to just really quickly introduce yourself? Um, you obviously didn't hear, but Sandy Williams, who I was just with, gave actually a very impassioned uh, support of, of I-1000 right before you came on. But maybe you can introduce yourself and talk about um, the initiative from your perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Trika Carter. She, her pronouns. I am the campaign manager for the Washington Fairness Coalition. I am also the political director of the Washington State, Washington State Labor Council, AFL-CIO. It is the largest labor organization in Washington State, representing over a half a million workers. And so uh, I am, the, like I said, the campaign manager for the Washington Fairness Coalition. And part of this work uh, is my organization, the State Labor Council, labor unions, we are invested in making sure that uh, we have conversations around race and labor and how we lift up more equitable policy. And so it's because of that and the, commi- the the commitment from the State Labor Council that we are proud to be a part of the Wild Fairness Coalition um, to make sure that voters approve I-1000 on their ballot under Referendum 88. And last year, nearly 400,000 voters petitioned Washington lawmakers to support Initiative 1000 to restore fairness, an opportunity for veterans, small business owners, women, and people of color seeking to succeed in public employment, contracting, and university admissions. And the legislature passed I-1000, but now we are asking voters to also approve 1000 via referendum 88. And that is where our coalition um, comes in and, you know, why we formed a Washington Fairness, a statewide coalition of community partners, and leaders like the ACLU, the League of Women Voters, the Urban League, labor organizations, food and commercial workers, manufacturing, healthcare, building and construction trades, uh, large businesses like Alaska Air, Microsoft, and small biz- businesses, veteran groups like Vote Vets, and the Veterans Leadership Council, which represents over 17 veteran organizations as well as tribal leaders and healthcare advocates are all together saying we need fairness and opportunity in Washington. And so we know that I-1000 would change our laws on affirmative action. I-1000 ensures we have a level playing field for all women, veterans, people of color, seniors, and that all Washingtonians have access to opportunities and fairness when seeking public jobs, government business contracts, in applying to public colleges and universities. Mm-hmm. Approving I-1000 under R-88 on your, R-88 on your ballot will reverse inequitable trends since the passage of Tim Iman's I-200. Yeah. Here are the facts oh. um, that I-1000 simply allows outreach, recruitment, and advertising to underrepresented groups without quotas and preferential treatment putting us on par with 42 other states without bans. Washington is typically a leader um, 
But when it comes to opportunity and fairness on this, we are not leading. And, you know, Washingtonians, like, as a state, we have to do better in I-1000. We'll give more economic opportunities to women, small businesses, veterans, and people of color. And it allows our colleges and universities to better reflect the diversity of our state as a whole. And so uh, that's why we are asking folks to approve 1000 via referendum 88 on their ballots. You know, join us and vote to approve I-1000 via referendum 88 on the ballot. Mm -hmm. So that's like... That's a super impressive coalition. As you were going over all the groups that support it, it, you know, it kind of made me wonder, like, who's against it? And uh, in the first half of the hour, Sandy did tell us some of the history around around Tim Iman supporting I-200 uh, and that that is the reason why Washington does not have the affirmative action protections that most other states do. Um, can you talk a little bit about... Um, I guess some of the confusion that voters might have on the ballot, both with the way that this is worded and also with some of the advertising that the opposition has rolled out. Can you just help clarify that for folks? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm happy to help to clarify some of that. And so um, let me start first by saying since uh, the passage of uh, Till Minus I-200 in the 20 years protection, since protections were rolled back, uh, state spending with certified minority and women-owned businesses have dropped from 10% to 3%, which is a devastating $3.5 billion loss of revenue since 1998. And when we talk about a loss of revenue, that is literally like lost wages, jobs, and economic opportunities for women, small businesses, and families. Um, real wages on the table to provide for a family. And so... Um, with fewer qualified women winning contracts and entering senior positions, Washington's gender gap remains unacceptable, and we are the 34th worst state when it comes to the gender wage gap. And so that's just something to consider in terms of thinking about the devastating impact of I-200. And so I think uh, I didn't hear Sandy earlier, but in terms of, like, thinking about some of the misrepresentation from the uh, the opposition. So I know that, like, the opponents are saying that I-1000 would allow quotas. Uh, this is not true. Our uh, state legislature approved I-1000 to allow affirmative action back into public hiring, contracting, and college admissions without the use of quotas. And so opponents are misleading voters because uh, Section 3, which subsection 9 language is clear, Affirmative action is allowed uh, as long as quotas are not used. Mm -hmm. And so the uh, initiative expressly in three different sessions says there is no quotas. Now, I am not a lawyer or a law expert or even a constitutional law expert, but um, I know our attorney, uh, our attorney general, Bob Ferguson, I trust him, uh, you know, the work that he's been doing. And he has said that, Affirmative action would include uh, recruitment, hiring, training, promotion, outreach, and then setting and achieving goals and timetables and other measures to increase diversity. Affirmative action uh, cannot be used to impose quotas. And so there are absolutely no quotas when it comes to um, I-1000. And so um, voters should know that. 
if you're hearing that from the opponents, it is that misleading, and you can rewrite in the initiative where it says no quotas. Mm-hmm. Well, in terms of thinking about um, our coalition and who we are, tribal leaders, labor unions, business, both big and small, and community organizations all coming, to, coming together to say approve 1,000 via referendum at 88. Uh, it, it shows, you know, it's uh, just think about, like, who our coalition is and then who the opponents are, right? And so um, in terms of our opponents, you know, aligning themselves with groups like the Proud Boys to do security for them when they turn in their signature positions, when we know that the Proud Boys is a, a known hate group, right, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, alignment with groups who are doing work to roll back affirmative action policies and good policies in uh, colleges and universities across the country who are undermining that work uh, with executive orders through the president's office. And so in terms of, like, the opposition and their alignment, um, just look no further than uh, who's on our side and who is on the other side of this issue trying to mislead voters by saying, like, this is racial discrimination. Um, I believe that both that voters are smarter than that, and they know that uh, approving 1,000 via referendum 88 is the right step, is what we need to do as a state to make sure that we have um, more equitable policies, you know, the beginning of more equitable policies to make sure that we have a level playing field for all Washingtonians, um, regardless of race or gender. Mm-hmm. Or background. Yeah, well, I think that, I mean, it's, I think it's good that it's not good that we have to run this campaign. But I think that this campaign is a good way to educate people, particularly, I think, and I say this as one for white working class people, because I think affirmative action has kind of been this boogeyman. And that's why you see that groups like the Proud Boys who have a general anxiety about racial equity becoming a reality in this country. Um but really, it's exactly the phrase you keep repeating, that it's about creating a level playing field. It's not about, you know, revenge. It's not about any strange narrative that an opposition has made up. It's about leveling the playing field, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I-1000 and approving 1000 via 88 is absolutely about fairness, opportunities, and leveling the playing field. Um, here at the in my in my role at the state labor council as political director, the state labor council, we are committed to um, to racial equity and having conversations with uh, our affiliates, with labor unions across the state, as we talk about uh, the role of race and labor and race being used as a tool by the wealthy elite to divide the working class. And so, we understand that that as a tool of the wealthy elite to divide the working class you know, we can begin to understand the framework in terms of thinking about um, what it looks like for folks on the other side who are, uh, you know, misrepresenting all the facts around affirmative action and saying, like, um, you know, this isn't this isn't good for us as a state. In terms of, like, thinking about folks operating from a scarcity model, that there isn't enough room or that there isn't enough pie or that there isn't enough for everyone, when absolutely um, Washington State is a very prosperous state with a lot of economic opportunities and so there's enough for all of us and so we just um 
you know, need to have conversations around that, um, you know, that there is enough. If we operate from a place that there is enough for all of us. And so in terms of thinking about 1,000, approving 1,000 via 88 on our ballots, um, yeah, we should definitely think about um, the message we're sending, uh, you know, as a state. And are we a state that is committed to economic prosperity and opportunities for all of us? And so, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and doing it through outreach, right? Like you said, that it's it's funding for targeted outreach and stuff just to make sure that the right businesses, the right contractors, the right people are are at the table and in the process in the first place. Is that a correct interpretation of how that yeah, would work in that, practice? Yeah, that's true. Uh, that is the correct imp- interpretation. And so I'll tell you, like, uh, two stories. So there is a uh, well-noted professor and dean at the University of Washington who uh, does work in the science tech field and noticed that, wow, there aren't a lot of women in this program. What can we do to uh, get more women and young girls starting, like, middle school to think about opportunities in science tech? And so we got together with some folks and said, let's create a summer camp for young girls to teach them about this program and the opportunities. And they're like, yeah, let's do this summer program. And, um, you know, when they were ready to put it together and present it, they were like, um, they were told have a summer camp for young girls uh, because of Initiative 200, which expressly bans um, that type of outreach to only women, right? And so um, when you want to lift up more women and people of color, you just want to lift up folks in general and create spaces for them, our Initiative 1000, without Initiative 1000, you can't do it. Your hands are tied. Many of our city governments do disparity studies to think about, and to, you know, recognizing that there is a problem with diversity. And so we do these disparity studies, and it shows, um, just like Tacoma, where uh, with public contracting, only 1.9% of the contracts go to Latinos. And that is the best percentage for public contracting for a minority group, which uh, absolutely is is low, right? And so we see these things, we know about them, but essentially hands are tied because we can't do outreach to these underrepresented groups so that people know about the opportunities, right? And so that when you have qualified people who know about the opportunities, it expands the, the hiring pool, it expands the admissions pool, all of those things. But without with an express ban, which I-200 bans these outreach opportunities, then, um, you know, the work that we can do to, to change and to create more opportunity and level the playing field for all of us is, is limited. Absolutely. Well, um, we just have a couple minutes left, but... If folks still want to read some more, maybe they've just like the ballot is buried under a pile of mail on the desk or whatever. Um, where where would you point folks and where can folks kind of share information about about this campaign if they're in Washington? Yeah, if folks um, are still, if the ballot is buried, find your ballot, <laughs> uh, find your ballot um, and, and join us to vote to approve uh I-1000 via referendum 88 on your ballot 
and you want to make sure you get that in uh, and postmarks are dropped in your local ballot box by uh, November 5th because I-1000 will ensure a level playing field with no quotas. It's improved opportunities for veterans and people of all abilities, all abilities, and it will build a healthy economy and expand small business opportunities for all of us here in Washington State. And if folks are interested, go to our website, www.wildfairness.org. You can find more information about Initiative 1000, which will be under Referendum 88 on your ballot. You can also check us out on social media um, at Wildfairness, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And, you know, we have a social media team, and they are posting every day with uh, why regular Washingtonians, why all of us are voting to approve 1000 and all of the organizations who are supporting this in the community and all of us who are out um, knocking on doors and having phone conversations. We're out every day through Election Day talking to voters about why this initiative is important to all of us. So, so join us. You can sign up to volunteer at wifefairness.org under the volunteer tab you can find out more information about this initiative on our website again whyfairness.org or follow us on social media uh why fairness is our handle on twitter instagram and facebook and share our posts and really um have conversations with your family and friends about why we need to support 1000 to make sure we have opportunity fairness and that we level the playing field for all Washingtonians. Awesome. Well, I will post all those links on the notes for the podcast and I will send it to you so that you can promote to, to the whole network as well. So um, again, if you're just joining us at the end, I've been talking with Sharika Carter. She's the campaign manager for Washington fairness. Um, I 1000 listed under ref 88 on your Washington state ballot. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Yeah, thank you, Taylor. All right. And if you missed any part of the first half of the show, uh, I was talking with Sandy Williams. She is editor of Black Lens News. She is a former programmer here on KYRS. Um, If you wanted to hear our conversation, we did a speed round on the candidates locally here in Spokane for mayor for city council president and for the three city council positions. We also talked about the school board um, where there are three roles to fill. And we briefly went over those other propositions. I'm going to share a bunch of links for the things that we didn't have time to talk about. And again, I have also posted some audio from both the Spokane Homeless Coalition forum that featured the mayoral and city council president candidates. I think that was a very revealing conversation that uh, I guess if you're undecided on those two, uh, listening to that might illuminate uh, some of the key differences in experience and outlook between those groups of candidates. Um, and then I also shared audio from the first of two forums, Fora, not sure the word, hosted by the Spokane Coalition of Color with the mayoral candidates and the school board candidates. So um, I will be posting links to the Washington Fairness website, to the Black Lens Election Guide, to a few other, I think, handy local resources, some news stories that you might have missed. It's going to be kind of a chock full podcast notes. So um, I'll be posting that in a couple hours. You can find it by searching Praxis, P-R-A-X-I-S, on any podcast app that you like, or you can go to kyrs.org 
org slash show slash praxis. You can also email me follow-up questions, ideas for future shows, and more at praxis, P-R-A-X-I-S, at K-Y-R-S dot org. Thanks so much for listening. I will be back next week with a brand new show. And until then, um, dig that ballot out from under all the pile of junk on your desk. You have eight days to vote. Um, Today is your last day to late register or update your information before you do that on the 5th. Have a great night.